This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Father, we just thank you so much for your word today. Father, we, we receive, we set ourselves to receive from you. We thank you that your word is alive, it's active, that it has transforming power within it. And Lord, we thank you that as we open our hearts and our ears to hear that your spirit reveals and speaks to each and every one of us. And we give you thanks. And Lord, we, we set and determine now not to just be a hearer of truth, but to be a doer of truth. And we give you all the praise and all the honor in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Well, today I'm going to talk about doing a new series called Moving Forward, Volume 2. And I want to continue. We talked about moving forward, about uh, laying aside those weights and that, and that sin that so easily besets us and slows us down. Because we want to move forward. We want to make progress. How many want to move forward? And to move forward, you have to be intentional. You have to set yourself to move forward. You have to do it on purpose. And we talked about laying aside those weights that, that drag us down. And that sin that is dragging us down. Because those things not only hinder you from growing... You're going backwards, and we don't want to go backwards. We want to move forward with God. So today, I want to talk about uh, the importance of words. Say the importance of words. And there's a Japanese scientist, Masaru Emoto, who did experiments with water. And he wasn't a Christian, but he did these experiments where he took water and he studied them under a microscope, and he saw they made crystals. And I've referred to this in, in, in the past some, but he studied water from uh, rivers and, and lakes and ponds and tap water and uh, from sewer water, and he found they all made crystals. The ones that were from pure sources had beautiful crystals, and those that were like sewer water were malformed. They, they weren't beautiful at all. But he saw crystals. And he got to thinking, I wonder what, the, what affects water. And I don't know how he got this thought, but I wonder if words affect water. So he got from all these different places, he took water, and he put it in a container, he froze it, and he looked at it under a microscope. And I, as I told you, he saw these crystals. So what he did, he collected some water, he put it in uh, containers, froze it, and he had people come in. He had a team come in that was the positive team. They had some others set to the side that were the negative team. The positive side came in, and they spoke to the water. Said, you're lovely water. You're beautiful. You're so clear. You're so fresh. Uh, you're blessed. And uh, just spoke all these positive things to that water. The negative team, they came in. They spoke to the water. And they said, yeah, you're 
you're ugly, you're, you're dirty, you're not clean, and, and all these things about that water. And then he took them and he looked under the microscope and the words, the, the water that had been spoken, the positive words, had these beautiful crystals in it. So then he, he looked at those that had been spoken to negatively and said they were all malformed, just horrible shapes. It just, he saw the effect of speaking to water. So he decided, I'm just going to label it. So he put labels and it said, you're lovely. And he put words like love, happiness on it. And that was the positive side. And he did the same thing to the negative side. He, he labeled it and, and didn't speak anything to it, just labeled, identified what that water was. And then he tested it, and the same thing happened just from being labeled or identified that way. So then he got this idea that he's going to bring in uh, a German team and let them speak to the water, the positive side, negative side, in German. And, you know, the Japanese, they didn't understand what was being said. It was all through interpreter. So they come in, the German team, they're speaking positive, and then they over here, they're speaking and cursing the water, speaking negative. He tested again the same results. The water understood German and Japanese. It didn't matter what the language was. It understood. So then he decided he was going to take music. And to him, the most beautiful music was classical, inspirational music. He played down the positive side. He, he took acid rock, is what we call it, and played it to the other, the negative side. And, and the positive side, beautiful crystals, just beautiful to look at. The, those that listened to the acid rock, the negative side, it didn't even have crystals. It was just a mass of darkness. So he, his summary was water is affected by the way it's labeled and what it's spoken to it about, what you say to it. Isn't that interesting? The Word of God tells us the power of words that God, through words, created us in the universe. It says it, it was framed by the Word of God. Now think about this. You're three-quarters water. Every cell in your body contains water. What if you start speaking to your body blessings? What if you started speaking what God says about you, that you're a child of God, you're blessed going in, blessed going out? You started speaking some things that he said about you. I believe it affects you. I've been speaking to my body ever since I played ball with Aaron in a 100-degree heat. Speaking. Now, I don't tell everyone that, you know, don't go around, you know, how's your day going? I'm speaking to my body. <laughs> but it works. I, I believe in, in, in speaking the Word of God. I believe in confession. And, and has there been extremes? Absolutely. 
if anything, any truth, I believe there's extremes one way or the other. But taking the Word of God, you know, I've heard people say, well, it's just, you say it and God does it, or, you know, the truth is, when I confess the Word of God, it's not for God. It's for me. It's for me. I'm, I'm changing my thinking. I'm, I'm meditating on what God says about me. And it'll change your life. You take a few scriptures and you meditate on it and you start speaking that about yourself. It'll change everything. Because God tells the truth. And that's what we have to do is get the word in us beyond the way we feel, beyond the way things look. Because even as we heard from this morning, we're from a different kingdom. We live from there. We live from the words of the king. And his words dictate to me. So I could be having bad circumstances, but I can still hear God say, you're my son in whom I'm well placed. I am with you even in the midst of the storm. I will never leave you or forsake you. In fact, you can do all things through me because I'll strengthen you. My mercy and my grace is forever abounding towards you. Nothing can separate you from my love. And my love never fails. I love you so much I put my spirit within you so you don't have to run off for the hills to hear from me. Just sit still for a few moments and listen inside because I live within you. You start talking to yourself like that and you can get some peace on you even in the midst of chaos. Jesus said, take no thought. Sane. Take no thought. Sane. I'm worried about what I'm going to eat, drink. You know, you can have some thoughts, but he said, don't say it. You don't need to say everything that comes in your brain. We appreciate it if you wouldn't. And, and Jesus was saying, keep it inside. You saw it with Jairus' daughter. The news comes. She's dead. Jesus said, be quiet. Only believe. I'm sure he thought, well, it's over. It's too late. But Jesus stopped him from saying it. There's power released when you say it. Well, I've been confessing the word, but I haven't seen anything. Well, it has to get in your heart. And I can be confessing the word, and it's not in my heart. It's just in my head. But the more I confess it, the more I speak it and look at it, it gets in my heart. And then I'll say it, and there's faith. Hallelujah. This will change your life. But how many times do we neglect speaking blessings and life and encouragement and strength? I'm not saying we don't deal with things. The extreme of that, I don't know how many times I have people come to me and say, pray for me, pastor. 
Say, sure, what is it we're praying about? We're going to agree that I can't tell you it's a bad confession. That's extreme. The Bible says to share your faults, that you can pray for one another. And then they're going, Pastor, just hear from God. You can get it. No, I'm not going to take out my time here. <laughs> just tell me. And we'll pray. <laughs> so there's extremes. Oh, Lord, thank you for that million dollars. Well, that's, I, I like to take scriptures and say what it says. Thank you for that million dollars, and you're not even giving a thousand yet. I found that God moves in steps. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. We want to do leaps and bounds. He said, steps. <laughs> so we need to speak the truth in our lives, speak blessing, our relationships, our food, our water. You know, Jesus blessed the food. Are you blessing your food? I mean, bless their food. Whew. If you've seen any of these shows, what happens in the kitchen? I don't know if anybody happened to see the one on the news a couple weeks ago. I forgot the restaurant, but they took the meat. They were mad, at, I guess, at the person, and they took the meat and wiped it on the floor. And stuck it, yeah. Pray. <laughs> bless it. But see, Jesus said that you can bless it. So, you know, you can go, God bless this food, that's okay. But, or you can bless it, because he's within you. I bless this food in Jesus' name to the nourishment of my body. You start speaking blessing. You start speaking life. How many times we speak curses? We speak the negative. We're speaking things that we don't need to be saying. In the kingdom of God, there's no such thing as free speech. We're accountable to our words. There's even a scripture that says every idle word is accounted for. I wish I wasn't in there, but it's in there. It's accounted for. Our words carry weight. Ephesians 4 verse 29, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good for necessary edification that may impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you've been sealed for the day of redemption. Corrupt words that don't edify. What's edify? It means to build up. It's life-giving words. It's, it's encouragement. And you can even bring correction in a life-giving way, in a loving way. But we're to build each other up. We're to encourage each other. And, and bring edification. Get stronger when we come together. Edify, we say like charging up a battery. It's charging you up. Edified. Our words are to edify us. Now don't, 
don't speak unedifying words to others and not to yourself. Don't cut yourself down because God made you. Well, I don't like my nose. God made that nose. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, I just never, I'll never mount to anything. You've already amounted to something. You're a child of God, a part of the family of God. Stop that kind of nonsense. That's the devil's talk. That's corrupt communication. You have so much value that Jesus went to the cross. Died for us. Edification that may minister grace to the air. Don't you like to be around those that minister grace? That build you up? And it says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit from your mouth. We grieve the Holy Spirit. What am I getting to? I'm getting to... Maybe you've laid aside some weights and sin. You're doing everything you know to do. Maybe if you're not moving forward, you need to look at your mouth. Maybe you're speaking corrupt communication. You're grieving the Holy Spirit. You're not moving forward. In the Greek, corrupt means written or spoken words that are rotten, putrid, thank you, (laughs) P-U-T-R-I-D, bad, unfit for use, worthless. So these words are releasing really death and not life. So we got to be releasing life. And Paul's ministering to the Ephesus church here. He's speaking to the whole church and he's also speaking to us. We speak those words that build up and encourage each other. Is there a time to tell about the challenges? Yes. And, and we need to, be, to have that freedom. But you move on past that. Don't stay there. Deal with it and move on. Let's take a look at this uh, video, just the way words can affect us. Hey, honey, going to try a new recipe tonight. Pan-seared lamb chops with a Mediterranean sauce. Oh, my mouth is watering. Mm. That sounds great, Careful on the salt, you have a tendency to oversalt everything. But you are great at following instructions, so I'm sure it's going to be spectacular. Good thing it is just you and me, though. Sure wouldn't want to spring a new recipe on the company. But I'm sure it's going to turn out perfect because you are perfect. And if it does bomb, I can order pizza again anyway. 
make a difference. <laughs> you know, sometimes keeping your mouth shut is faith. <laughs> Not opening it. You know, your boss has made you upset, angry, whatever. Keep your mouth shut. Or spouse, or whatever, or maybe your teenagers acting like a three-year-old. <laughs> Weigh your words before you speak. In Proverbs 21, verse 23, it says, Watch your tongue, keep your mouth shut, and you will stay out of trouble. Has your mouth ever gotten you in trouble? You may, I'm the only one. Thank you. <laughs> and God can tame the tongue. That's, a good, that's good news. <laughs> Proverbs 18, verse 20, A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth, from the produce of his lips he should be filled death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit and then say that uh, the power uh, of life and death are in the power of God or the power of Satan it's in our it's part of our responsibility God has given us the responsibility for our mouth it's up to us to release life and blessing. It's our choice. A lot of it's, it's habits. You have to walk it out. You need someone maybe to hold you accountable and help you walk it out. Now let me say this. God has not called you to be the mouth police. That's a private thing between God and that person unless... They've spoken to you, and there's a relationship there that you can talk about it. Amen? I've seen people go and correct someone they don't know and talking about their mouth. At the same time, their mouth is spitting off about them missing it, and they're missing it. Never mind. Your mouth can destroy the dreams that God has for your life. You're, in fact, your life is being produced by the words that you have spoken and you have believed in your heart. The quality of the life you're living depends on what you've been saying. Your success or lack depends a lot upon your mouth. See people full of bitterness or anger or resentment, and it comes out. Because the Bible says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. It will come out. And your mouth is producing things. Uh, that maybe you don't want in your life. But you're speaking it forth. In Psalms 141 verse 3, it says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. This David speaking, and David is talking about 
praying to God, he understands the power of words. And he said, Lord, put a guard over my mouth, the door of my lips. Now, what does that mean? It means that your lips are a door for things to come in or things to come out of your life. Now, David could pray that in the Old Testament, but you know, the New Covenant, God has placed His Spirit within us, and He said, now it's our responsibility. We're the doorkeepers of our lips. And we're letting things into our lives, or we're releasing things out through our words, what we say. But God will show us the words that he wants us to use. So some evidence of a corrupt tongue. Uh, first one's a lying tongue. In Proverbs 6, verse 16, there's six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift and running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. Seven things that God hates, three of them involve the tongue, the mouth. An abomination here, when God talks about sin, usually you can look it up, it says missing the mark. But abomination here is something that uh, it means that he utterly detests it. I mean, is totally disgusting to him. And why would a lying tongue be utterly disgusting, disgusting to God? Because God is truth. God doesn't just have the truth. He is truth. So when you are in God's word, you're before the throne of God, you're at truth. And if you leave truth, it's like leaving the throne of God and going to the throne of Satan, who is the father of lies it's disgusting to him for you to do that it's abomination it's detestable to him because it's the opposite of him so we need to tell the truth and even uh ministers exaggeration can be part of that you know you call the fish like this but by the time you finish the fish is like this I mean, I could hardly get in the boat. It was so big. You know, it just, it grew. I can remember reading uh, an article about exaggeration of ministers uh, this years ago. I forgot the name of the island, but some missionaries had gone there. A few groups had gone, and they all uh, gave their count of how many got saved and everything. And at the end of this, they said there had to be some exaggeration because more got saved than the population of the island. <laughs> so we need to tell the truth. Next, the tongue that sows discord or division. Proverbs 6, verse 12, it says, A worthless person, a wicked man, walks with a perverse mouth. He winks with his eyes, he shuffles his feet, he points with his fingers. Perversity is in his heart. He devises evil continually. He sows discord. Therefore, his calamity shall come suddenly. Suddenly, he shall be broken without remedy. So, one who stirs up strife or division among the Christians. And... 
We're thinking, you know, it says sudden calamity. How could that be? It's because your lips are a doorway. You can't believe what you're saying from your heart, and you give the enemy a place in your life. God didn't bring the calamity. So it's important that we don't cause division. Now, why would that be something that God is against? Because just look at your own body. Think about just pulling your arm off. He sees us as one body. So if we're sowing discord, we're dividing. In fact, uh, the scripture says we're eating on each other, strife, and it, it, it hurts. And it hurts God. hurts his heart for us to do that. So sowing division. And Satan can deceive people into believing they're justified in what they're doing when they need to keep their mouth shut. In Titus chapter 3, I wanted to give you a New Testament verse. There's so many verses on on words in the tongue in the the Bible. We spend months on it. Titus chapter 3 verse 9. But avoid foolish conversations, conversaries, genealogies. What? Controversies, thank you. Genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law because these are unprofitable and useless. Did you ever get caught in one of those arguments about something? And finally, you you get a little wisdom. It's not worth it. (laughs) Forget it. Get away from it. Quarrels about the law because these are unprofitable and useless. Warn a divisive person once, then warn him a second time. After that, you have nothing to do with him. You may be sure that such a man is warped and sinful and is self-condemned. The condemnation is not coming from God. They're self-condemned. They've condemned themselves because the doorway of their lips has been opened to the enemy. And they're bringing division. And you, you have to be, I mean, even if you're helping a couple maybe with their marriage. And maybe you hear what's being said and maybe... You take one person's side, and all of a sudden, you're not offering reconciliation. You're speaking on their defense. You've got to be impartial. You say, you still need to respect your husband. You still need to walk in love. You still need to forgive. You you speak those things. You can become divisive when you're trying to help. We've got to watch our mouths and make sure that we're, we're ministering life. The Bible says to be a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. Jesus paid a tremendous price for us to be his body. So always direct them to life, forgiveness, and reconciliation. And a tongue that gossips. Proverbs 20, verse 19, a gossip portrays a confident, so avoid a man who talks too much. <laughs> gossip. Oh, did you hear about such and such? And we usually, you know, we use it once you get saved and you're a Christian, we use it in prayer. Oh, did you hear about such and such? They did this. And, oh, and then you, after your 30 minutes, you know. Oh, I, I just said that where you pray. 
And then at the end, end of the day, you spent seven hours talking about this prayer request and you prayed two minutes. That's gossip. And God's point of view, if you're not a part of the problem or a part of the solution, keep your mouth shut. Stay out of it. Pray. Because the gossip betrays confidence. In Proverbs 16, 28, it says, A perverse man stirs up dissension, and gossip separates close friends. And we need, we need to be a safe place where you can come and, and speak to someone to where it's not spread around. It's kept in confidence. A gossip is someone who spreads intimate and private rumors or facts. Sometimes, you know, it's not true. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 20, For I am afraid, this is Paul speaking, that when I come, I won't like what I find. You won't like my response. I'm afraid that I will find quarreling, jealousy, anger, selfishness, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorderly behavior. So gossip's not something new. It's been around for a while. And a prayer request, nobody needs every detail. You know, you can make the thing brief. God can take it, you know. Just, I don't need, nobody needs every detail, that prayer request. Just hit it where we can pray. God will take it. Amen. And last, a tongue that slanders. Slander means the utterance of false charges or misrepresentations which defame, damage another person's reputation. And most of the time, this just justifies a person's own actions. They're trying to cover themselves, blaming somebody else. In Proverbs 10, verse 18, He who conceals his hatred has lying lips. Whoever spreads slander is a fool. 1 Corinthians 5.11, but now I'm writing you that you must not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother, but is sexually immoral, greedy, or idolater, or a slanderer, a drunkard, a swindler. With such a man, do not even eat. That means if you're hearing someone slander someone, you need to stop them and say, look, let's go get that person. Let's have forgiveness and reconciliation here. You need to stop them because they're doing themselves harm. And it get, get to the point where a Christian's not even to be around them because they're doing harm to the body. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads. We'll continue. I think I have about four more places and we'll talk about the word in our mouth. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. If you realize today that you need to take action over your mouth. And some of you have come to realize, I think I found my problem. It's me and my big mouth. Well, God can take your mouth. And God will cause that mouth 
to be pleasing to him as you trust him as you make a decision that you're going to obey his word and things can change for you when God calls you healed you're healed when God calls you blessed you're blessed we represent him and we release life if that's you with no one looking around say I want prayer for my mouth I want you to lift your hand so say yes thank you Lord see those hands you can put on yes thank you yes Father in the name of Jesus We've all been guilty. And Lord, we we want to keep a guard over the door of our lips. We want to be a blessing. We want to love people. We want to encourage them. We want to be a strength in their life. We want to be a a life-giving force in their life. And Lord, we submit our mouth unto you. And Lord, we repent. We repent, Lord, of being displeasing to you and releasing rotten words. And Lord, we make a commitment that when we get some of those rotten thoughts, not to say them, but to keep them inside and not to give it power by releasing it. And Lord, I thank you for touching our hearts and our lives. Holy Spirit, help us to tame our tongues. We give you thanks. Today, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. You're just a decision away. You confess him as Lord from your heart. That's you today. You need Jesus or you need to get right with him. No one looking around just wants you to lift your hand say, that's me. We're going to pray together, and Jesus will come in, and he will save you. He'll come into your heart. Let's say this together. Say, dear Lord, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me. He died for my sins. He died for my mistakes. He died, Lord, for me. Thank you. I recognize the price that was paid, that he took my punishment, he took the cross, he took death, that I could live and have life. I received Jesus as the Lord of my life, as my Savior. I'll follow you, Lord, all the days of my life. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Fill me up. Empower me to live this life. And I give you all the thanks and all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, 
please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You